Hello and welcome to the very first ever Late to the Game podcast, a podcast about Game of Thrones from the Cinemaxic Podcast Network. In today's episode, we're going to talk a lot of things, but not too much. We're going to talk the last episode of Game of Thrones, and we're going to talk what to, what's to come in the Game of Thrones universe. And that's all going to happen right here, right now on the Late to the Game podcast. As always, I'm your host, Max Leadham at Max Fozzy, and I'm solo showing it today. This is this is just me and you. And I'm gonna be honest, I've already recorded this episode before, except that the last time I recorded it, I recorded it with the entire with the mic and completely on mute. So not a single thing that I recorded actually um, was recorded. It was all just a complete empty silence. But I am confident that this time, this podcast is going to be 100% recorded. No doubt about it. Not a, not a doubt in my mind that this whole thing is, uh, is actually going to be uh, able to be listened to. You guys might be wondering, um, why, just, why, why just you hosting this today, Max? Why just you? And why is the audio quality a little off? This is different from what we're used to. And the answer is simple. Our boy... Our, our producer slash producer himself, Jay Katz, he's been he's been uh, down and out with pneumonia for the past couple weeks. He's been needing a couple of weeks to recuperate, and we uh, haven't been able to get over there to record because one, he's he might be contagious. Two, more more importantly than anything, is that we need Jordan to be better, and I didn't. We definitely didn't want to be. Um, a burden on him and his recovery. Uh, Jordan is doing well. He's doing better. Um, but uh, keep him in your thoughts because we are we are not uh, we are we are nothing without Jordan. Uh, his he is simply the heart of the podcast. He makes this thing go, and uh, and we definitely have been uh, missing doing a podcast with him lately. So um, I'm doing this from uh, the at home studio today. I'm not not doing it from the typical studio. Uh, and Tanner and Tim weren't able to make it today. And that's because just the schedule has been a little bit crazy just while we uh, we were trying to reacclimate until uh, until we can get back together. So I'm going to I'm going to solo show this. I'm going to do a whole solo show on Game of Thrones. And this is the late to the game podcast. Why did we call it that? You might be wondering. We called it that because Jordan Jordan came up with this and it's because we are extremely late to the game on, on uh, a podcast for Game of Thrones. Full 8 seasons have gone by and the show has ended. Yet here we are doing a whole Game of Thrones podcast uh, post show. And the reason I wanted to do this is I've really become a huge fan of Game of Thrones over the past year. Uh, I was someone who never watched the show. Uh, was 
kind of being defiant of watching the show just because everyone is talking about it. And sometimes I like to be a smart ass and not like whatever the people, what other people are really loving. Um, but I, I gave way around September this year and about two weeks, two weeks is all it took. And I blew through the entire game of Thrones uh, saga and was totally prepared for this latest season here in April and May in April and May. Um, and I wanted to do, to do another a podcast about this thing I love because I, I really have really have fallen in love with the Game of Thrones universe. I have um, totally delved deep into the lore of it. I'm reading the books now, and I'm actually on a I'm actually rewatching the series from from go already. I'm I'm and I'm already on season three, so. Uh, I have too much time on my hands and I need to, I need, I just, after the season was over this year, I had to rewatch it. I had to go back from scratch and, and, and do this over. So, um, I wanted a podcast dedicated to Game of Thrones. Now, how often are we to do something like this? I don't know. Honestly, um, you can probably count on an episode here or there. And we will see, but when when uh, these Game of Thrones prequel shows launch, we will see if uh, we're going to do a episode recap podcast, a short 20 to 30 minute recap podcast, uh, something that's quick to listen to because there's so many podcasts out there covering Game of Thrones. We want ours to be quick to the point and, um, and, and just get our thoughts out there so you can listen to that and the other great Game of Thrones podcasts. So we're going to see. But um, I announced we we're going to do something like this. And of course, because things came up, we weren't able to get any of the episodes we originally had planned in. But I'm a man of my word, and we're going to do this. So welcome to the Late to the Game podcast. Man, so how about that last episode? Um, upon further... Uh, when I first saw this episode, I was very much pleased with it. I wouldn't say I was, I mean, I was, I definitely really liked the entire season. I did. I was probably in the minority, but I, I liked the, the season for the most part, but I did have my issues. I think anyone who watched this series and then watched the season, if you guys didn't have any issues, I mean, bravo, that's impressive because um, there's, there's a lot of controversial choices that are made in this, in this series and in this season. Um, so you're not going to win them all, but I actually really enjoyed this past season. This last episode though, with, even though I enjoyed the season, I had, you know, gripes and, and complaints and, and things that I didn't like. I feel like the last episode upon first watch did a really good job of wrapping those things up of wrapping up uh the 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 decisions that were made in episode five and the decisions that were made by characters in general throughout the season so i was i was i was happy about it but upon further inspection you know you take a closer look you see what other people have to say you do start to see some of the cracks in the walls of what happened and let me just get this out there. I 100% believe, 100% believe that this season is received totally differently if this is a 10-episode season, as well as last season, 
if we had two 10-episode seasons to end end this series, I think there's going to be a lot more happy people than there are right now. And I would say a lot more happy people as in, like, you're not going to have 1.5 million signatures on a change.org uh, petition to rewrite season eight, which to me is still uh, – that is actually mind-boggling. 1.5 million people signed this thing. It blows my mind. I um, I think – I mean, I didn't think it was that bad, but uh, there's – this has clearly caused a lot of division amongst fans. You don't get – 1.5 million signatures without a hefty part of your fan base being upset with the way the season went. So, um, yeah, that just, that just blows me away. But I, I actually, I, I liked this last episode. Um, I thought that scenes between John and Tyrion, uh, as Tyrion was held captive, which let me just one step before Danny saying, you know, right to Tyrion, you freed your brother and like coming off all tough and, and Tyrion seeing straight through that and just being like, and you massacred an entire city and him staring Danny down as he said that I, I loved, and it was a pure Tyrion moment. He has never feared, uh, Lords and Kings and because he's always been able to outwit them, but also because he just, I don't, I just don't think he gives a shit about that. So Tyrion standing down Danny after she just killed hundreds of thousands of people and not being afraid to say right to her face what he said, I absolutely loved. I loved it. Um, which obviously led to him being imprisoned and thrown in that cell. Now, this is the scene I, I think I liked most out of the entire finale was John and Tyrion discussing what is to come next with Danny. Um, Tyrion trying to convince him to convince John to knife Danny and become king himself, or to put an end to what Danny has done. And the reason I like the scene so much is because I'm a huge Danny fan, and I had a little bit of an, I, I took some umbrage with what happened in episode five. I thought what happened in episode five was pure Game of Thrones. It's out of left field. It's more than you thought was going to happen. It's unbelievable. I thought that was pure Game of Thrones. Anyone who says differently, I, I don't know what you're wanting. Now I can see how people think it may be rushed that she, she went from just normal Danny into Mad Queen Danny, and I could see that. I agree that that probably was a little rushed, but the act itself is as Game of Thrones as anything you're going to find in the series. But to the people who felt like it was a little rushed, including myself. I thought this scene between John and Tyrion really cleared things up because one, they're both saying that they love her. They both love her and they're both saying Danny has good in her heart. She has good intentions. She has just decided to go the wrong way. And this is different than her father. This is much different than her father. And this is something people don't want to understand, but her father had no good intentions and he was the mad King. He killed people. And he would kill people to get his way. He would kill people to do things that he wanted to do. And it wasn't for the better of the realm. Danny, though what she just did, for me, as a fan of hers, and from watching episode 5, I decided to interpret it as she felt this was the only way to create the better world that she's always envisioned from season 1 when we first met her. And John and Tyrion, to me, confirmed that. I thought, 
this talk about them loving her, about um, her goals and what she wants to accomplish, but them also realizing she might be trying to accomplish this in all the wrong ways and deciding that this has to be done. And, um, and it was just a great bit of acting between Tyrion and Jon, two characters who have known each other for a very, very long time. Um, and and Jon remaining adamant that that she is his queen, and this is what's gonna this is what it's gonna be. And it wasn't until Tyrion reminded him of his sisters that I felt Jon truly made the decision to kill Danny. It wasn't, and nothing else mattered, but. His sisters, who you know aren't really his sisters anymore, um, but are at the same time because he grew up as close to them as a brother and sister could be. They it took Tyrion to mention what of your sisters, because they aren't going to play along, and Danny has a dragon, and Danny will kill them all. And John, in that moment, realized what he had to do. Now, though he realized what he had to do, he wasn't convinced he was going to do it. And that led to another great scene. Though Danny and John's relationship, in my opinion, was a little rushed, especially in season seven. I just felt like it was way too quick because all uh, throughout all these other seasons, all the relationships that we have seen were developed slowly over episodes and, and um, became these relationships that we truly cared for. Uh, Shay and Tyrion, um, Rob and uh, whatever her whatever her face is, um, uh, hell, even Ned and um, Ned and uh, why do I always blank on names in, in my in my podcast? Catelyn, um, they're built. These relationships are built over episodes and are earned. Danny's and Jones kind of were like. Out of nowhere, like we knew it had to happen, but it happened really quick. They were not seeming like they were having much chemistry or very much in love with each other. The next thing we know, they're they're banging it out in a boat on the way to uh, Westeros or on their way to King's Landing or wherever they were going, I guess, um, or Winterfell maybe. And, and that was rushed for me. But the scene between them, I thought, was an amazing bit of acting because I really cared about Dan and Johnny for the first time. For the first time. I wanted them to end up together. I really did. I really, really did. I was rooting for that. But this was the first time that I really cared for Danny and John, and that's because of Kit and Amelia. They had a they had great chemistry in the scene, and it was a great bit of acting. And what I loved was how John was, he wasn't just asking Danny to change. He wasn't just, you know, proposing ideas for her to go with. He was literally begging her. He was literally pleading tears in his eyes because he knew what he was going to do. But he was hoping, hoping that Danny was going to change her ways. That Danny would say something that would make John believe again. And she didn't. And she didn't give him that. And it was so great. Because Danny and John showed their love for each other. They they hugged and they kissed. And John, right before, you know, you are my queen. You will always be my queen. 
and having John having to do what he had to do is pull his dagger and kill Danny right then and there. It was, and that was the most earned moment of their entire relationship. And I will say it was a great bit of writing and acting because it felt earned. And it was a rushed relationship to begin with, but it felt earned. It felt like it felt like watching Tyrion strangle Shay or something, right? It was earned. And I I really, really, really loved that scene. I loved Drogon deciding not to light John up. Now I kind of would have liked to see that just because I wanted to see John, you know, with his tight uh, Targaryen powers, you know, not being able to be affected by the flame. But Drogon obviously did not kill John because he was a Targaryen and, you know, a master of dragons himself, picks Danny up and flies east. And that's the last we see. Of course, <laughs> can't brush over melting the Iron Throne. Something I felt like was going to happen this season, anyways, is that no one ends up on the throne. It was just a, it, all it was was a, a metaphor for power and that needed in that chair. That's what that chair symbolized and away it went and it was gone forever. Um, now the rest of the episode is where I might have a little bit of issues. I find it bizarre that they just did a huge time leap right after Danny died. They do a time leap and it's probably a leap of months I feel like, you know, I could be proven wrong, but I, f I think it's months because you don't just simply ride from Winterfell to King's Landing it will super quickly. It's it's a months, it's months long ride and uh, Sansa is there. So obviously, and all the, all the uh, noblemen are there, the lords of the various different uh, regions. So that, that had to have been months. But none of them mention John is a Targaryen and is the rightful heir to the throne. None of them mention that at all. And that kind of irks me. Because the whole point, I felt like, of John being revived, and we find out that he's a Targaryen, is that he is the rightful heir to the throne. And none of them mention it. None of them even consider it. None of them even care, it seems like. And I'm okay with John not taking the throne. I feel like that might even be out of that's definitely out of character because John has never wanted anything. He never wanted to be Lords of the Night Watch. He never wanted to be King of the North, and he certainly never wanted to be King of Westeros. I'm okay with John not taking the throne, but the fact that John wasn't asked or tried to be convinced on camera is where I have an issue because that was like the big thing is that we have someone here who could be king, who doesn't want it, who's the right person to be on the throne because he doesn't want it. And none of them mentioned it. None of them mentioned John being king at all. None. And I just find that so bizarre. I was like, what in the world? Like that is like they just totally brushed over the arguably the biggest plot point and twist in the history of game in the history of TV. When we find out that John's a Targaryen, they just don't even care in this last scene. So it, it kind of blows me away. Also iron worm telling Tyrion, he cannot speak when he's in front of the King's court, cannot speak. And, and then he goes to and proceeds to choose the next King. I was also bizarre. And Bran is like, yeah, you know, if they, they chose Bran to be king. Why? I don't that. I don't like that. <laughs> I'm. I mean, I'm okay with it if they do it the right way. I wasn't okay with Bran being king. There's some things I take away from this. 
He says, why do you think I came all this way? That implies that he can see the future. So he let Danny do what she did or whatever. Just And all these things play out just so he could be king. When Bran, to me, and he's said it himself, has been dead for a long time. He is the three-eyed raven. He's bizarre. He's not Bran. He's a weirdo. He is anything other than Bran. And something about the three-eyed raven, who the original three-eyed raven was like naked in a tree, and now Bran is taking over as a three-eyed raven. Something about the that that type of character wanting to be king makes no sense to me. That is completely out of character. And for him to say, why do you think I came all this way? Implying that he could see the future and letting these things happen just so he could become king, I think is a little weird. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's strange to me. But... It's the decision they decided to go with. It's the decision they decided to go in, the direction they decided to go in. But, and again, I would have been more okay with it if Bran gave us more of a reason to be in his corner. He's done nothing. He's done nothing as a three-eyed raven. Not a thing. I mean, it would have been cool if he warged into a dragon during the battle for Winterfell or did something to the freaking White Walkers. Not a single thing. He warged into a freaking raven and flew around, and that's all he did the entire season, and they wouldn't make him king. If he did something cool to make us throw our weight behind him, that's another thing. But it's really hard for me to root for Bran to be king when... I mean, when he just... It seems totally unearned. He's There's no heroics in what he's done. So... Yeah, not a big fan of that. Not a big fan of that at all. Um, but I'm, I'm not a big fan of it, but I'm okay with it. In a way. I just, I, I felt like the last half of this episode, balls kind of dropped. I mean, John's having to go to the Night's Watch because Grey Worm and the, and the Unsullied commanded. The Unsullied freaking sail off away, and John is still there at King's Landing. Like, why didn't they just say, okay, they're gone? You can st- that just seemed bizarre to me. They're gone, so why are you feeling like you have to leave for the Night's Watch? Um, yeah, that, that bit that bit didn't make sense to me. But I did love John going north. Before that, though, let's talk about the the let's talk about the King's Council or whatever the small council meetings. Tyrion, Bronn, Tyrion, Bronn, um, um. Davos, Podrick, and uh, Sam. What a crew, man. What a freaking crew. I would keep my HBO subscription alive alone for like a 15-minute episode weekly of them just talking about shit going down to Westeros and what they have to do to fix it. Would I would love that. And the, the, that whole cast of characters. That's like your that's like the fan favorite five right there. A bunch of funny guys that had funny moments that you just love and didn't want to see die are now all there. Um, all a part of the King's small council. And uh, I, I I loved it. I loved that bit. I loved the bickering and bantering between them. And you're just like, wow, how are these guys going to make this work? But I absolutely loved it. And uh, that was that was definitely a big plus for me is Tyrion living. Because, uh, man, do I love that guy. I love that character. I would have been super bummed to see Tyrion go. But let's talk about how the show ended. 
uh, Sansa being named King Queen, excuse me, of the North. I'm okay with that. Uh, and John going north, looking over his shoulder as the door closes down on as the door closes down on the wall. Which, by the way, why is the Night's Watch even a thing? I guess I don't understand that. The wildlings are now on the side of them, the 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 Night's Watch, and there's no Night King, so I'm not sure what they're defending against anymore. But John, watching the door close, smile and look forward, knowing he ain't coming back. He done. He gone, and he's going north where he belongs because he's got the North in him. I did love that. That was great. And uh, that was a fitting end, I feel like, to the Game of Thrones saga, the Game of Thrones series. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I lo- it ended the way the show began, and and I loved it. I would have liked to maybe see some more character development from John this season, but I, that was a great bit. That was actually one of my big complaints of the whole series, the whole season rather, as John kind of getting relegated to a character who says she's my queen i don't want it he says that a billion times and he's almost a side character he's like an extra in this and and i did have an issue with Arya being like and i love Arya. oh my gosh do i love her character but i was like starting to get a little annoyed i was like is this Arya's story or is this john and danny's story it's a song of ice and fire it's about it's literally about them and john is being relegated to this like extra where he has zero lines. Uh, he has hardly anything to do every episode. And Arya is getting tons of scenes, tons of dialogue, and she gets to be the hero time and time again. And though I love Arya killing the Night King and everything, I do, I do get annoyed that I'm annoyed that John who was, you know, so hyped up so long, he's a Targaryen. He's, he's meant to have this showdown with the Night King. He's meant to be this hero. We never get it. And maybe that's the whole point of Game of Thrones is you don't get what you want, but I feel like at some point you do deserve some payoff. And I did feel like John for the most part was a very, very small role in this entire season. And I was pretty bummed out by that. I'm going to be honest. I was, I was pretty bummed out by John not being a part of the season very much. He, if you go back and watch, he really, I mean, he might be in a lot of scenes, but he is not, he is not saying much or doing much. Um, kind of bummed me out a bit. And I, and that might, that again, that comes back to the 10 episode thing. If there was 10 episodes, we're having a whole different discussion because there's going to be so much more room for character development and time to pass and, and things to, to brew and and john gets more time as a character i i th- that and i have no problem with D D. you know the writers i have no problem with them but i do have an issue a little bit with the fact that hbo asked them to do like you know even more than just more than just do more than six episodes the final season they wanted like 10 episodes for both season seven and eight but they also wanted more seasons that originally like and uh, George R. R. Martin wanted more seasons and D and D said, no, we're going to, we're going to do shorter seasons. To me, that's where I get annoyed because if you guys don't want to write full seasons, you want to go do other things. I understand you've dedicated, you know, nine years, six, seven years of your life to this show. I get it. You want to move on and do other creative things. That's fine. But give it to someone who's, 
give hand the series off to someone who wants to be there, who wants to doesn't want to do a short season. He wants to do all ten episodes. He'll do more seasons if he can. Give it to a guy who really, really, really wants to finish this off right. The fact that D and D said that that they they wanted to do a six episode series when HBO gave them everything to do more than that is a little annoying because the biggest flaw of the entire season is it's rushed is it's rushed and that's that falls solely on their shoulders so i i i, I am a little annoyed by that but overall guys i mean to be honest i thought the season was pretty good you can definitely pick it apart in different areas and and i'm not going to fight you on a lot of the things but i just tried to turn my turn my brain off even though i mean game of thrones is one of those things you have to have your brain on so i guess that's not necessarily true but i just sat back and enjoyed it man i took i turned off social media i just tried to enjoy the show and i felt like i did i felt like i got a good a, a good season definitely the worst out of all eight there's not a doubt in my mind it's definitely the worst out of all eight but the worst of the worst season of game of thrones is better than like 95% of tv so you know, what are we even talking about? What are we even talking about? Um, so, yeah, that's that's my recap. That's kind of my thoughts on the final episode of Game of Thrones. Um, now, the potential for the series going forward. We're getting a prequel series that's set like thousands of years before Game of Thrones takes place. And I have no idea how that's going to work. Are, there, are they going to be like cavemen or is... Is it going to be like the same technology that we have in the Game of Thrones show today? So like there's been no progression in technology or anything over thousands of years. Maybe that's what's going to happen. Otherwise, they're going to go straight up cavemen and people are going to be wearing loincloths. And that's that's how it's going to go, which that wouldn't be fun. We don't want that. I don't want that at all. So it's going to be interesting how they explain that. But we're getting some prequel series. George R. R. Martin says there's like five series in the works at HBO, and there should be. HBO is going to be like uh, really scrounging for people to come back because Game of Thrones is a once in a lifetime thing. It is not come around often, and um, they're going to try and strike. Uh, hope light catch lightning in a bottle more than once. They're going to try and do it five or more times if they can, and I'm curious to see if they'll pull it off. Um. I could have swore I saw Natalie Portman was cast in the Game of Thrones prequel series, but I didn't. I've looked it up, but I can't find anything. So it's like bizarre. Was that a dream? Was that a dream, or is this really happening? I, I'm, I honestly, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you gotta do your own research. But I thought Natalie Portman was gonna get cast in the Game of Thrones prequel series. Now, sequel series. I wonder what they'll do for that. I, I, I don't know because is it gonna be set? You know, 200 years in the future is going to be set. Thousands of years in the future. Could we potentially have Drogon be a part of a sequel series? I'm curious what they'll do. And what are they going to do as the plot? Because they're not going to do the whole search for the Iron Throne, Iron Throne thing again. That's gone, right? That whole thing is gone. They've done away with uh, the, the bloodlines being made king and the claims and the Iron Throne. It's all gone. So what are they going to do in a sequel series that's like drama? What are the characters chasing? What are these families chasing? Uh, they can't simply do the whole the same story every time. Uh, so I don't know. I'm very curious. Are they going to be doing these small, like not so grand, epic scaled stories? Is it going to be a very, like maybe... The story takes place in a town, 
And it's literally going to happen right in one town. It's going to be a very contained storyline. Maybe it's going to be a big grand one again. But if they do a big grand one again, what are they going to be chasing? What is the plot? I'm very curious. I'm very curious. And I will be definitely watching when those things come about. I'm going to be interested. Uh, as a huge Game of Thrones fan now, I, I will watch anything that they put out that's Game of Thrones. And hopefully it's good. Hopefully they can catch lightning in a bottle twice, three times, four times, five times. I am totally okay with tons of Game of Thrones stuff. If it's good content, then let's let's bring it about. Let's do this. And yeah, that's going to be it, guys. That's going to be it for the Late to the Game podcast. That's episode number one. Now, like I said, we're going to... We're gonna play it by ear. We'll probably do one here or there. These are gonna be these are shorter podcasts. Obviously, it's not gonna be more than like usually more than thirty to forty minutes. They're short form. We're gonna talk Game of Thrones, and we'll probably do an episode here and there as Game of Thrones news comes about. We'll we'll get together and do a quick episode. As I said at the top of the podcast, we want these things to be quick and to the point as possible, and. Um, have it be so you can listen to it really quick as a recap of every episode, get our thoughts, and then be on your way to listen to other great Game of Thrones podcasts so you don't have to spend so much time listening to them because there's so many, so many out there. Um, but yeah, guys, as Game of Thrones news comes about, we'll probably do a podcast here and there and, and kind of recap the news and give our thoughts on it. And when these series eventually hits, we'll probably do episode recaps. That's probably what I'm thinking we'll do. We'll do episode recaps of the series as it goes along, and then we'll go on like a hiatus again, and then, you know, come in and do a podcast when news breaks on Game of Thrones stuff. That's probably what we're going to be doing. So I hope you guys enjoy this. I really hope you do enjoy the Late to the Game podcast, um, and and uh, I hope you're okay with me doing a solo show today. Well, we're going to do more. Um, we're going to be back together as a group again soon to do these again. Um, but, but for now we're doing the solo show. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed my thoughts. If you have any comments, if you have any, you know, topics you want us to cover Game of Thrones wise, you can reach out to us at Cinemaxtic on, uh, on, uh, Twitter, Cinemaxtic pod on Instagram, Cinemaxtic pod at gmail.com is our email. You can also, if you download the anchor app, you can actually, um, leave us a voice message. Under a minute long, you can leave us a voice message with your thoughts on the episode, your thoughts on our podcast. You can leave us a question. It's a lot of fun, and we'll patch you right into the podcast so you can be a part of it. And you can uh, really, you know, be a part of the podcast you listen to. So I would love if you guys did that. If you took the time to send us a voice message, we'd be more than happy to answer those questions by all means. Um, and that's going to do it, guys. That's going to do it. That is the Late to the Game podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening to Episode 1. I'm very excited to get this out there. And we will see you soon for another episode of Cinemaxic Force Vision. And yes, we're going to do a new The Common Room. We're going to do a new Common Room podcast. Get some Harry Potter news going. Can't wait for you to hear that as well. Thank you guys again, and I'll see you soon.